Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. And today, I'm going to finish up the series in Galatians 5, verse 16 through 25. All right, it says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outburst of wrath or anger, selfish, uh, selfish ambition, dissension, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, come on somebody, revelries and the likes that, and, and the like thereof. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, let me just pause and pastor you through this statement. Okay? Will not inherit the the kingdom of God. A lot of us think, well, if I've done these things, I'm not going to heaven. But that's not what it means. It means that if you live your life doing these things, you will not have God's best life for you here on earth. Okay? Are you with? Because here's the thing: is the kingdom of God is is something way more than just heaven. It's 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 something that God wants us to live right here on earth. Come on, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, that's what we want. And so here's the thing: is you got to understand that what He's talking about is: Are you? If you, oh man, I've committed drunkenness. I'm not going to heaven. Here's the thing: is let me just pass you through it. It just means that if you live a life like that, you're not going to have God's best life for you here on earth. Okay, is everybody? good you good okay and it says this but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against things uh, i'm sorry against such there is no law and those who are christ have crucified the flesh we talked about this last week with its passions and desires If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen? If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, you can title this message, Living by the Spirit. Living by the Spirit. Lord, I thank you right now for the Word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your Word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, right now, I pray you would use me to speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Now, uh, I know most of you know this, but I have uh, two kids, and uh, they are very close in age. They're actually 13 months apart. My daughter is 11 right now, and my son is soon to be 10. And, uh, and here, here's the thing is, is that they really get along very well. They, they, uh, they play together. In fact, this morning, come on, while your kids were fighting, my kids were, uh, going on a walk around the neighborhood just because they just like to hang out together and they like to spend time together. And, and so here, here they, they, most of the time they get, 
uh, along really well, but there's one thing that kind of brings out some uh, fight in both of them, and that is choosing where to eat. Because here's the thing is that I, I can say, hey, kids, where do y'all want to eat? And I look at the mother and the mother says, I don't care. You decide. So then I'm like, well, I'm tired of deciding all the time. So I'll ask the kids, where do you want to eat? And without fail, one will say in and out. And the other one say, I don't want in and out. I want roses. And the other one says, I don't want roses. I want in and out. And there's this fight that begins to happen. Or, or let's say this. They'll say, one will say Chipotle. And the other one says, no, I don't want Chipotle. I want firehouse subs. And there's a fight that begins to happen. And here's the thing. that there, There's something that all, often happens on the inside of us. Uh, and and this, it feels like this is nearly going on. Because there are times in your life when you come to a decision. And when you get to that decision, one part of you wants to do the right thing. And the other part of you wants to do the wrong thing. And a fight begins to happen on the inside of you. And it's nearly like there's this there's argument going on. Should I do this? No, you shouldn't do this. No, I want to do it. But it, And there's this fight that begins to happen on the inside of us. And here's the thing is that a lot of us need to understand that you, you have to understand this, that this is not new and it's not just you. Come on, tap your neighbor say it's not just you. It's not. There's a fight that happens when we become Christians, there was a, there was a young girl, and she said, I, 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 I just want to know, I, I have this question for you. I, I, I became a Christian, and I'm telling you, it's, this life is really difficult to live, and it's nearly like there's two wolves fighting on the inside of me. There, there's two wolves that are fighting on the inside of me, and, and the pastor looked at her and said, well, which one's winning? And, and he said, she said, I guess whichever one I feed the most. Whichever one's stronger is going to win, right? Whichever one I decide to feed the most is the one that's going to win. But here's the thing is it doesn't matter. There's always two wolves. There's always going to be this little bit of fight. Now, it might get easier and easier and easier to say no to one. But the truth is, is there's two things that are fighting on the inside of us. One saying you should do this. And how many of y'all, I'm old school. How many of y'all like Tom and Jerry? Come on. No, I'm talking about real Tom and Jerry, not what you call Tom and Jerry today. I don't know what's going on. Uh, my, my, cousin, uh, my nephew was watching Tom and Jerry, and I was like, this isn't Tom and Jerry. This is, this is the new, new generation Tom and Jerry. But, but back in the day, they, they had this thing where Tom would come into a decision, a dilemma, and there would be an angel that appeared on one shoulder. Come on. And the devil would shortly thereafter appear on the other. Anybody remember this? Come on. And, and there, one telling them you should do this and the other one saying don't don't eat don't eat jerry tom don't do that that's not right you shouldn't even you shouldn't try and the other one says no do it come on you got to do it and there's this fight that begins to happen on the inside and just like tom and jerry we all have a fight and not and we're not alone in this because here I love uh, uh, Romans 7:19 the apostle Paul a guy who wrote uh, nearly two thirds of the Bible reveals the same struggle that we have and it says this it says it, it says um, I want to do what is good but I don't I don't want to do what is wrong come on but I do it anyway Has anybody ever been there where you think, man, I don't want to do what's wrong, 
but man, I, I don't know. I end up doing it anyway. And you, here's, here's what a lot of people will say. Well, the devil made me do it. No, your flesh made you do it. The reason why you did it is because you wanted to do it, right? It's not, oh, well, I just, it was a mistake. I shouldn't have done it. No, no, you wanted to do it in the moment. We want to do it, and there's this fight that's happening. Paul had it. Tom and Jerry have it. Come on. We have it today. It's nearly like this fight that's going on the inside of us. And, but still, the Apostle Paul in Galatians 5, in verse 25, he begins to say this. You should live, you should walk by the Spirit. You need to walk by the Spirit. Well, how do I do this when I have this struggle going on on the inside of me? I mean, it sound, it's real easy to say, but how do I live or how do I walk by the Spirit if there's this fight going on the inside of me? Number one, you ready? To live by the Spirit requires that you be able to see. You have to be able to see if you're going to live or walk by the Spirit. How many of you have ever walked into a dark room? Anybody? No, no, apparently nobody. Now, now I will say this. There are no more dark rooms now that we have iPhones, right? Thank God for the iPhone flashlight. It's brighter than the sun. You can light up any room. You know, it's just amazing, and I love it. So, uh, but, but here's the thing is, is that, uh, I, and, I'm, and when I say have walked into a dark room, I'm not talking about a dark room that you know. I'm talking about a dark room that you don't know what, where things are at or what's going on. And, and uh, you know, because I, I knew uh, at my dad's church, I, I was there, I served with him for a long time. I could walk into his sanctuary, be pitch black, and I know exactly where I'm at. I knew that I had to take 15 steps and then I had to take a right. And then I had to take 10 steps and take a left and I was at the office. I just knew that I knew the way it was laid out. Now, Crystal, she ain't she ain't walking into any dark room. She kicks the door open and kind of flicks around for the light. Doesn't matter if she knows the room or not. She's not walking into a dark room. And, uh, and anyways, but I just knew I could walk in. I knew exactly where I was at. But when you walk into a place that you don't know, you're, you're clamoring for a light. Come on, has anybody ever been there? You're, you're trying to like, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know if I'm gonna, I'm gonna step off a stage. I don't know if I'm gonna walk into a wall. I don't know if I, I don't know what's around the corner. Come on, it's a little creepy. I'm a little freaked out. I'm a little scared. And you begin to look for a light because anything will help. If I can just find a light, then I'd be able to see my surroundings and see where I'm at. And here's the thing is I think that a lot of people, live their lives this way and they walk into dark situations and maybe just like, come on, we are, we're in Dallas and now we're in an area we don't know where we're at and we don't know, we can't find the light and we're searching and we're clamoring and saying, where am I at? Maybe you got a bad doctor's report and you're clamoring and saying, man, I, I, I don't know where the light's at. I've never been here before. I'm in a dark room. I can't see where I'm going. I don't know what's going on. Maybe your marriage is going through hell and you think, man, I'm in a dark room and I'm in a new place and I don't know where I'm going I need somebody to turn on the light can I tell you there's a light for every situation and it's called the word of God see here's the thing is that God gave us a light in darkness 
God gave us something to turn to whenever we're going through a situation and we're in an area where we don't know where we're at. God has given us a light in the darkness. And it's Psalms 119, 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. See, here's the thing is that I tell people to read the word of God, not because it's the religious duty. It's because you need to be able to see where you're going. And I'm telling you, when you get a bad doctor's report, that's not the time to say, okay, what does the Bible say about it? No, you need to know the word of God. Whenever you walk into the situation, you can say, no, 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 I don't care what the doctor's report says. I'm here to tell you that the Bible says that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I am healed. And you begin to claim, I don't care. There's a dark situation. And you can take a light into it. You can carry a light into that situation. Jesus would face storms, and when he would face a storm, he would bring peace to it. Why? Because he understood that God had given him the light. I had a pastor friend of mine who had gotten, uh, his daughter was 10 years old. And uh, one day he walked into the room and said, hey, it's time to get up, go to school. And she said, I, I, I can't get up. And he said, what do you mean you can't get up? Quit being lazy, get up, get ready for school. And she's like, Dad, I can't get up. My legs, they won't work. And he's like, Whoa. Come to find out she had a tumor on her brain stem. It's completely inoperable. And, and it had actually paralyzed her. It had grown so much that it had paralyzed her. That's how they found out. As soon as they got the report, here, a pastor friend, he knew exactly, he faced a dark situation. And in the middle of that, he knew one thing. I, I, I don't know anything else, but I know how to shine light in the darkness. And so here's what he did. In his daughter's hospital room, he had post-it notes with scriptures all over it. I mean, there was, there was scripture, healing scriptures all over the place. One time, he had a family member come in and began to talk about the darkness. And you know what he said? He said, I love you, but get out of my room. Why? Because he's saying this, I, I got to bring light. I can't let darkness in. I got to bring light. I got to bring the light of the word of God into this situation. He had preaching going 24-7. And can I tell you that today that girl is healthy. She's whole. She's healed. The doctor said there's no way she's going to die. There's nothing we can do but God's word. Come on, challenge what the doctor said. And when you bring light into the darkness... God can change your situation. You got to be able to see. It's how we live by the Spirit. It's how we walk by the Spirit is we must be able to see. I don't know what darkness you're facing. But I promise you there's a light in that situ- for that situation. Maybe you're facing fear. Well, you can claim Proverbs 3.24. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Maybe your business, you're struggling in your business. Psalms 512, it says this, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. 
Come on, somebody. That's a good word. Maybe your family's away from God and you can claim Joshua 24, 15. As for me and my house, all my family will serve the Lord. Come on. You begin to grab a hold of a scripture and shine light into whatever situation you're facing. Number two. Living by the Spirit requires you to hear. It requires you to hear. Now, here's the thing. Is there's a massive lie going around that God has stopped speaking. That God doesn't speak anymore. That, yeah, you have his word, and and, and I, I just preached how important his word is. But that God has stopped speaking to his people. Here's the thing is that that is, I, I can't tell you how far away from the truth that actually is. That, I believe that's a lie from the enemy because he wants you to think that God has stopped speaking. And see, here's the thing is that you see that the, the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the book of Genesis starts with God walking with a man and talking with a man. And it ends in Revelations with God talking to John on the island of Patmos. He's sitting there speaking, still speaking today. And I'm here to tell you, it didn't end in Revelations, but God is still speaking. The question isn't, is God speaking? The question, are we? Are we listening? One of the biggest lies that I could tell you is that you can have a personal relationship with Jesus And then say he's not speaking anymore. You got to to have a personal relationship. You got to be able to hear. You you got to be able to have a conversation. And here's the thing. Is that a lot of people think that it's going to come in this big booming voice. Dusty. This is the Lord. And I love the Bible talks about, there's a story in Isaiah, it's talking about, it says that there was a mighty wind. And God wasn't in the wind. There was a mighty earthquake that actually split the rock, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And it says this, but then there was a still, small voice. See, a big God comes in small voice. And most of the time, it's not this big thing. It's not a, I heard the voice, an audible voice of God. I usually feel, I get an impression. Of, I think I should do this. And here's the thing is that when it lines up with the word of God, let me just say that I can promise you this, that God's not going to speak, or, or the enemy's not going to speak to you to give away more money to the church. Because I've had that. I've had that, uh... Uh, hey, hey, drop that $100 in the offering plate. And I go, the devil is a liar. No. I'm not giving money. What? That's my $100. That's my spending money. I don't want to give away my spending money. Here's the thing. is a still, small voice is whispering. God is speaking. But are we listening? The biggest key to learning to hear God's voice is developing a relationship with God. You must develop a relationship. Uh, Back in the day, kids, this is going to freak you out, but we didn't have caller ID on every phone. (laughs) 
So you couldn't choose to ignore. You either had to be available or not. Come on. How many of y'all remember the answering machine? Let, let the answering machine get it. And uh, hey, uh, Marty, are you there? Uh, Marty, hey, if you're there, pick up. Come on, somebody. Y'all remember those days? Kids, y'all, y'all just hold on. Let the grown folks talk for a second. Uh, if you're there, pick up. I'm going to wait just a minute. Come on. Hey, hurry up. Hurry up. That's what we did. That's the way it worked. But, but back in that day, before caller ID... Crystal would call me, and I would answer the phone, hello, and as soon as she said, hey, I knew who it was. I I didn't go, "Uh, who is this? (laughs) Crystal who? (laughs) Not going to have to go a little farther on that, I don't. (laughs) I sleep with you? (laughs) Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, now I got, no. As soon as I heard her voice, I knew exactly who I was talking to. Why? Because I had developed a relationship. I had spent time. We had laid together and we had talked. We had spent time together. Can I tell you, as Christians, we can get into the presence of God and we can just spend time with God. It's not because I have to. It's because I get to. And I know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords wants to spend time with me. I'll take it a step further. One day I was at, I was at school and my mom was a secretary at the school. And, uh, my mom is sweet. She's about five foot two and she walks about a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> and there was a wall, a petition that, that separated its tile floors and there was a wall and we were sitting in there. We were doing something in the lunchroom and this wall was between us. And all of a sudden I hear footsteps. <laughs> click, 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 click. And I looked at my friend and I said, that's my mama. He goes, you can't know that. And I said, I'm telling you, it's my mom. And he goes, no, you can't know that. And I said, hey, mom, what are you doing? Oh, just getting some coffee. <laughs> See, you can get to a place where you can feel, you can hear the presence of God enter the room. You can hear the footsteps of the God who created the heavens and the earth as he walks into the room to spend time. See, here's the thing is that we can get to a place to where we hear God's footsteps, where we hear his voice, where he's leading us, where he's guiding us. Can I tell you, a Christians need to rise up and stop, start being the voice of God in the darkness. We need to start being a voice that this generation can hear. And I'm preaching good. No one he whispers because you have a relationship. Isaiah 30, 21, I love this. It says your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, This is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. I'm just going to pause real quick because I feel this. There's some of you that are at a crossroads. And you're thinking, should I go right or should I go left? If I go this way, I could see how it could work out. But if I'm also a little bit scared by it because I'm not sure. Can I tell you? 
Here, here the Bible says that God will tell you the way to go either to the right or to the left. Whatever situation you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever decision you have to make, can I tell you that God cares about that decision? That God wants to help you make that decision? That God wants to lead you? That God wants to guide you? Here's the problem, though, is most of us talk too much. We get into our prayer time and say, Lord, I thank you right now that you're going to bless me. You're going to cause everything I have put my hands to to prosper. That you're gonna, I'm going to sell more cars than anybody else. I'm going to do this. And then I, uh, I got to go. What if you treated your wife that way? What if you treated your husband that way? Come on, honey, I just thank you right now that you're going you're gonna to do this, 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 this. Okay, I got to go. Wait, I, I needed to say something. I, I wanted to talk. I wanted to tell you what I needed. I want to tell you what I wanted. I want to tell you that I love you, that I care about you. That it's going to be okay. That I'm for you. Who can be against you? I want to talk to you too. But here's the thing is we don't take the time to listen. Sometimes you get into the presence of God and you get into your quiet time. And you're spending time with God. And it's not you talking. It's just you being silent. Saying, God, what are you saying to me today? What are you speaking to me how, how can I hear your voice more clearly? The last thing is living by the Spirit requires us to obey what He says. Ooh. But I don't want to. See, we can see the way, we can hear His voice. But we also must obey what he says. You have to obey. And I'll tell you this. There are going to be times that you don't want to. Because it's going to go everything. It's going to go against everything that's fighting on the inside of you. Because the flesh and the spirit are wrestling. And God is saying, I want you to do this. And you're saying, but I want to do the other thing. And there's this fight that's going on the inside of us. We must learn to obey. My mother-in-law and father-in-law, they have a lake house on Lake Quitman. And uh, life is better at the lake, amen? And uh, they have this big pier that goes out. Um, and we were all out there a couple of years ago, probably two or three years ago. And uh, we were just hanging out, having a good time, and we were swimming because it's Texas and it's hot, you know, and so we're we're just having a we're having a lot of fun and my son is is he's very brave, but he's also very cautious. And so he kind of walks around things and thinks about them for a while. He wants to see other people do it and then he'll think about it and and one day uh I, I was in the water and, and swimming and, and all the other kids were jumping off the pier because that's just what you do. And so they were bailing off the pier. They were having a good time. They were having fun. But my son was standing there looking over the edge at the water. 
And I got over to him and I said, here, son, jump to me. I'll catch you. I don't know, Dad. I'm not sure. What if, what if I hurt myself? Like, and he, he began to have it. I said, son, trust me. Just jump to me. I got you. Come on, you're gonna, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fun. You'll have a good time, I promise you. I would never tell you to do something that would hurt you. I know it seems scary right now. I know you don't know what's on the other side of the jump. But I'm here to tell you that I'm here and I'll catch you. I'm not going to call you into something that's going to hurt you, but I'm calling you into something that's going to bless you, that's going to be fun. And here's the thing, is I think that a lot of us end up on this very edge of saying, God, I don't know. I I want to obey you. I want to do what you're saying, but it's scary. I want to do what you say, but I'm not sure what's on the other side. I want to obey your voice, but it's a, I'm a little nervous about doing it. Can I tell you that God will never call you into something that will hurt you. He'll only call you into something that will help you. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Church RC. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.